The return up for Parlo. Leaves it off. Here's Mirham. In the box. The shot. Goal. She's got the record. Hey everyone, my name is Sabria Whitaker and I'm the founder of Grow the Game. Erica Piancastelli here, Tokyo 2021 Olympian. This is Carly Jackson, professional goaltender for the Buffalo Buttes. Hey everyone, this is Connor Moore, the social media manager of the Chicago Sky. For the first time in You are now listening to Women's Sports Matter. Women's Sports Matter. Hosted by Gianna Belcastro. Alete Okunbalole wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Welcome to another episode of Women's Sports Matter, your one-stop shop for all things women's sports. My name is Gianna Belcastro, and I am your host. Before I get started today, I would just like to say this is my first interview I'm doing at school, because that's a that's a fun thing that I thought I should mention, because, you know, I gotta live it up in the state of Nebraska. Um, I'm not going to talk crap about my new school just yet, because I've only been here for two weeks, but if you want to learn more about my little experience here so far, you could check out last week's episode. But guess what? We got another interview because of course we do. And of course it's another Red Stars interview because I got to talk to the people on my favorite team because I am a Red Stars fan, if you didn't know from listening to this show. Um, so would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, I'm Amanda Kowalski. Um, I am a rookie on the Red Stars. Rookies on the Red Stars. <laughs> so many of them this year. Oh, yeah. I, one thing that I find really interesting about the current Red Star squad is that the impact of all of the younger people on the team is just, I want to say it's it's more than maybe some other teams in the league. Can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, what it's like to be a rookie, someone that starts, um, you know, someone that scores pretty cool goals at the end of games. Um, you just your experience so far uh, and your journey to getting to the Red Stars this season. Yeah, so I think starting with that rookie question, um, I think something that this year has brought more than years past is just the the impact of COVID and how that's impacted the whole entire NWSL. Um, As I'm sure a lot of people know, there was a draft in 2020 and then students had the ability to either take their last year in college or come straight to the league. Um, So that actually created a lot of adversity at the start of the season because there were, I mean, double the amount of people during preseason that there usually is. They usually have a couple discovery players, so like four to five, and then they have three, four draft picks. So, and then those players are, are, are fighting for spots. And so this year there were like, I think there were 15 or 16 new players that were trying out because there were discovery players from the year before. 
And then, I mean, just all the draft picks. So I think that alone has created a different look for the NWSL, just in the impact that rookies now have to have. Um, I think years to come, it'll probably go more back to normal. Um, But I think that kind of created an atmosphere for at least the Red Stars where the rookies had to make an impact almost immediately um, in order to want to have playing time or want to um, kind of create that atmosphere where we're competing with the veteran players who have been playing for 10 years. I mean, in some cases. Um, So I think that's like a big thing with like just the rookie impact that the Red Stars have had is we kind of were put into a position where we almost had to. Um, But yeah, so I think my, my journey to get to the Red Stars was a little unique. Um, so I was one of those discovery players. So I did, I entered the draft after my 2021 season uh, in December. And I was one of the players that was hoping to hear their name, um, but didn't, which, I mean, that's going to happen when there's, I mean, only 40 some picks. Um, and so I was fully expecting that I probably wasn't going to hear my name, but I was really hopeful. Um, and then, so when I didn't, I had known kind of that I wanted to stay in Chicago for the most part. Um, I had done Red Stars reserves for summers leading up to my final season in college. So that kind of that relationship that I built with those coaches was very vital in my progression to getting to the team. So the summer before my senior season, Julianne Sitch, the assistant coach for the Red Stars at the time, um, she was our summer team coach. So I kind of kept up a good relationship with her leading into my season, kind of chatted with her a bit. And then leading up to the draft, I contacted her, just kind of asked what coaches were looking for, like whether I should make a video of my highlights, things like that. Um, things to like kind of prepare myself in case I did get my name called, um, just to like lead up to preseason, make sure that I'm prepared. Um, so she kind of gave me some tips and then like, I kind of let her know that I was interested. Um, so then right after the draft ended, she actually called me up after I didn't hear my name and she was like, Hey, like, I want to put you on our discovery list, which is essentially after the draft coaches get a list. I don't know what their limit is, but they get a list of certain amount of players and, um, based off of those rankings that they had in the year previous. So I think Red Stars were fourth in standings leading up to that. So if a team that was underneath the Red Stars put me on their discovery list, my rights would go to them and I would go to their preseason and try out with them. So that was something I was unaware of going into the draft. Um, I didn't even know that was an option. I really had no idea. Um, So I thought that was interesting. I learned a lot about just like the ability to be able to be invited to preseason. Um, so then after Sitch called me, let me know. Um, I didn't know for a couple weeks until she called me again, was like, yeah, like you got approved, like you're on our list. Like you'll come to preseason February 1st and everything. So that was my journey. I feel like, I don't know that that's necessarily unique because I feel like a lot of people, um, get called up that way, but I think just the relationship that I had with, with Sitch was vital in my 
being able to come to preseason. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just, the, the one thing for me, um, what I've noticed for Red Star success is that undrafted rookies do really well their first year. Um, it's just, it's so, it's so interesting to hear all these different stories, like how certain people make it to the league, whether, you know, they are drafted and then maybe they don't make a team and then, you know, they make another one and they do really well there, or you go undrafted, you get on the discovery list, um, certain things like that. And also with the discovery list, by the way, it's just so, I think it's really confusing. I, I know. I, I didn't know what it, yeah. I didn't know what it was. It's like, I, what? what is that? And like, when I was learning about the league, that was one of the things, I guess, that I had to work hard on to fully understand what it truly means. Um, So it's always, it's always interesting to learn something new, especially with that um, set thing. But let's, um, let's go back in time. All the way so when you were a kid and growing up, you know, I know you were a three-sport athlete in high school, um, set a school record, I think, in, what is it, track? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, growing up and, and being an athlete and when you uh, took notice to, to think about, okay, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to be a student athlete, and maybe something will go from there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. I, I made a lot of sacrifices in high school. I think high school is probably the hardest period of time in my life. Um, just cause I was struggling with like deciding what sport I liked the most, what sport I wanted to go to college for. Cause I mean, I also had the option leading up to high school to want to play basketball in college. Like that was a big reality that I was trying to deal with because I played club basketball growing up. Like those were my two main sports. And there was a little bit of overlap with like all the sports that I played. Um, So soccer was, I mean, in Illinois was fall and spring and then summer too with um, nationals and everything. Track was like, winter leading into like end of May and then basketball was all winter. Um, so it was kind of, there was a lot of overlap and I think doing all those sports, especially with the physical requirements of soccer, I think doing all those sports helped my fitness level <laughs> a lot. Um, just cause I was constantly running. I was constantly doing, um, different actions like basketball is a lot of quick speed, soccer is more long distance. Um, and then with track, that was just a whole other thing. But um, yeah, I thought it was, it was interesting because I originally really liked basketball more than soccer. Um, but I, I noticed that with soccer, um, I kind of felt more not gratitude, but it was more rewarding playing soccer than it was basketball because there's so much that leads up to a goal or a good defensive play. So I think that was kind of my driving factor for wanting more so to do soccer than it was any other sport. Um, but yeah, I had, I had a lot of good people in my life that kind of directed me, um, correctly in, in high school when I was, 
deciding on school. So when I finally picked Butler, um, my dean, um, Steve College, he was a big help in my life because where I was in high school, I just wanted to like have fun, hang out with friends, whatever, make the most of the time I was there. But, um, and a big, like a big time to hang out with friends was during gym class. And he was like, nope, you're not doing gym class. You're doing varsity lifting. You got to prepare for college. And I was like, dang it. (laughs) All right, I guess. But that like really helped me leading into college just because I, I mean, the lifting we did in high school because of that class, like that really prepared me for what the weight room was like in college. So there was really no surprises in my transition from high school to college. Um, But yeah, I mean, I just think the versatility aspect of doing multiple sports really helped with ultimately deciding that I really liked soccer the most. Um, But yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. No, it does. <laughs> don't worry, it does. Um, I remember back in the day, I, I really shouldn't use that um, saying because I'm not old. Um, <laughs> but back in the day, I remember um, at one point I played like three sports in a year and I was like, what is going on? I was like constantly like just kept on doing something else okay we're gonna do this and then we're gonna do that I went from baseball to basketball to soccer in the span of I guess a year fall baseball then freshman B team basketball (laughs) and then JV soccer Um, so I I know (laughs) I know the days but probably not as uh not as bad we're doing like I'm gonna assume varsity stuff Yeah, well, with club, we didn't even really get to play high school soccer, which that was a whole thing because, I mean, a lot of people wanted to play for their high schools just because it's cool to, like, win a state title and get to play with your friends. But with, like, how competitive our club atmosphere was, it was more important to play club than it was high school, which, like, that took a little bit because – I mean, you know, like the social aspect of like being with your friends and everything, like it's cool. Like you talk about, oh, I'm spending all these hours of my life playing soccer, but then they never get to watch you play because you don't play for your high school. So that was that was another thing that like not that I regret not really getting to play high school soccer, but I got to play one year and that was so much fun. (laughs) But, like, that was it, and I feel like that's a huge thing that, uh, not that girls look forward to it, but it's a cool, like, it's a unique thing that girls get to do, Um, especially when you go into college. Like, it's it's something to brag about, because, like, high school, there's really no, there's no recruiting. Like, if you win something in high school, like, that's just really cool, because there's so many good players in your area, versus club is like, oh, well, I can get this player from here, or this player from here, and so... Yeah, I think it's more rewarding, but. What club did you play for? Uh, I played for Eclipse. Got it. As yeah. gonna, I was going to be like, was it Team Chicago? Was it, you no, know, because yeah. I, I know, I would like to think I know all the different clubs from the area. There's so many. <laughs> There's a lot. Um, I knew people that were on, like, Eclipse, Club Chicago. Um, can't remember. Galaxy is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Walkers FC yeah that one I played for for a while 
Um, yeah, there's a lot of clubs. There's a there's like a Team Chicago um, sign outside. Uh, well, we'll say outside of my high school. Okay, um, like one of those like state champ boards they have, um, like yeah. road signs. Right. I, I, when I when I transferred, I went to Nequa Valley. So when I transferred there, and I'm you know I'm driving to school, and I'm like, Team Chicago, what the hell is that? Why? What What is this random sign doing in front of my school? <laughs> like, what, I don't understand. <laughs> um, I, think, um, I think Sarah Griffith might have played for Team Chicago for a bit. I could be completely wrong with that, but I want to say that she played with them. I know it's like a well. Obviously, people come from all over, but I think there's a lot of, I want to say a lot of Naperville people are on, like, either Team Chicago Galaxy or Eclipse. Yeah. I'm sorry for all the people that are not from Illinois that are, like, what is this right now? (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of people on the Red Stars that came from eclipse i mean local development of course is is huge for teams got a lot of local players on the red stars is there anything that you guys uh, talk about there's like oh this one restaurant that you all really like that you grew up uh going to or or something like super specific i guess to we'll say northeastern illinois yeah (laughs) this might be a little like like uh what's the word cliche um, but Portillo's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's just the go-to. I mean, there was one right by our game field um, in Oak Brook. So, I mean, not that we would all go together after games because everyone's from everywhere. But, um, I mean, me and my family would go there all the time. <laughs> it was so close. So, and, I mean, the food's just great. So, yeah. recommend. (laughs) Yeah, I wish there was a Portillo's out in Nebraska. Don't have that. I was like, the other day I was craving like home run in. It's my favorite pizza place. I just think about, I think about all like the local places that aren't here and I'm like, God damn it. I know. I know. It's tough. Like how, how am I supposed to live? (laughs) I I know. Well, even like when I went to school in Indy, they actually brought Portillo's to like the Indianapolis area, but it wasn't as good as like natural Chicago Portillo. Yeah. Like, what? You shouldn't even be here. <laughs> like, scram. Like, this is just a Chicago world. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever, uh, you ever get in on the like the Chicago pizza debate? Like, what's the true Chicago pizza? Because some people say it's deep dish, and I'm gonna say that's incorrect. Um, I, you know, see, the thing is, I, I love deep dish, but I don't know that I can say that that's Chicago's pizza. Yeah. It's, it's tough. I just think Chicago has good pizza all around, but I can't, I can't narrow it down to like, oh, it's this. Like yeah. New York, I could say it's thin, very thin pizza where you fold it in half. That I would say is like New York pizza, but hey, yeah, Chicago's tough. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like a like a thin crust as well, but yeah. like I'll, I'll see people tweet like you know the pizza derby I guess is the Gotham Red Stars rivalry name or or whatever, oh. and they'll be like, oh well your pizza is like like a lasagna or something. I'm like no, that's incorrect. That's not factual. Yeah. No, 
You just flip the cheese and the sauce. That's yeah. it. It's one small change. <laughs> What's your favorite part about traveling with the team? Is it like, you know, the the flights or maybe going to different restaurants together that you haven't been to? Um, talk a little bit about travel with the team. Yeah. Um starting with my favorite part. Um, so Bianca St. George's, that's my, my roommate on all the way trips. I love our deep talks. <laughs> we'll stay up talking super late. So like, that's, that's like one of my favorite parts of the away trips is just getting to like bond with teammates and like hang out with people that, I mean, we all live, I mean, most of the team lives like in the city, but I mean, I'm in the suburbs, so I don't necessarily get to like hang out with everybody outside of practice as much as I would wish to. Um, so that's kind of the cool aspect of like getting to travel with the team is just like getting to be with each other because we're, I mean, we're all in a hotel room. There's really not much to do. So um, it's nice like getting to bond and have conversations with people that you wouldn't normally get to on a day-to-day basis. Um, and like, I mean, I'm wedding planning right now. Like the last trip I had a long, extensive conversation with like Vanessa DiBernardo, who just went through like all these troubles with weddings. And so I get to like hear all these tips. So like, that's like one of, I think the most valuable parts about it is just getting to hear all these different people's life stories and getting to apply like the things that they learned from them to your own life. Um, so I think that's really cool. Um, but like traveling with the team, it's usually depending on where we go, but, um, we'll usually get like a travel day. And then if we travel like to the West coast, we sometimes get an extra day just to get like the travel out of our legs with like the time change and everything. Um, we'll have an extra day train and then we'll have a game day and then we'll leave the next day. So sometimes it's like four days of a trip. Um, but other times we'll train at the field, like at our stadium and then travel game the next day and then travel back the next day after the game. Um, so it's usually a three to four day trip quick span, but this last month was real tough (laughs) with four away games. That was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. There was, there was some good times, some bad times. <laughs> um, but going back to your oh, point sure. about, um, deep talks with Bianca, she could talk. <laughs> I'll just say it on here. I know. The other was night like, we, we were, uh, we were laying in bed and I, God, I don't even remember what we were talking about, but it got to the point where it was like 1230 and we were like, Oh my God, we have to go to bed. She's like, I'm putting my headphones in. So like, if you talk to me and I don't respond, this is why. And it's best for us to do it this way because otherwise we'll never stop. (laughs) I was, when I was doing uh, the episode with her a few weeks ago, we were just talking and talking. I look at the time. I'm like, oh my God, we've been talking for an hour and I didn't do like, you know, like the wrap up yet. I was like, what, what? It's like you forget that time exists when you talk to Bianca. It's true. It's very true. She's very hypothetical. She loves getting into the deep stuff. <laughs> yes. Um, she told me that there was at one point um, 
where she was talking about her school and she like went into this like country accent and then we got into the whole talk about um like accents she told me that she tried doing an australian one <laughs> and then you all like looked at her like what what are you <laughs> like trying to mock chelsea i guess oh yeah i don't do you were you there when that ha- i would love to know more details about that because I, I forgot to ask a follow-up i have no idea what she's talking about <laughs> but i can totally see it because i was like i wanted to i wanted to ask her to do it like what she thought like an australian accent sounded like <laughs> to her oh my gosh that would have been golden i'll have to i'll have to like secretly record her doing an australian <laughs> and then i because i told her like i'll make fun of like a country accent and so i did it and then i was like y- you should try it and then she like was about to, to do it and then she just burst out laughing and she's like i can't like i absolutely cannot i'll That's embarrass myself Just <laughs> get embarrassed so there's our there's our little part about bsg <laughs> notorious bsg the notorious bsg she has been uh, made into a meme by Chicago Local 134, and you as well have been made into a meme. I want to ask you about oh um, the image created by the supporters group. Well, so I saw it originally, and I was like, this is freaking hilarious. <laughs> and then I started getting like a flood of text messages, and my brother sent me the p- screenshot of it, and he's like, I'm obsessed with this. This is your contact picture. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> so now, so now I'm just, I don't know, a goose slayer, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's uh like Chicago Local 134. The, I don't think there's any word to describe um their posts like today. Oh. When I opened Twitter, the first thing I saw, <laughs> I have to pull it up real quick. The first thing I saw from Chicago Local 134 was another amazing um, image because graphic design is their passion. I don't know if you've seen this, so I'll I'll look it up and, and show you. Um, but I looked at this and I was like, what am I looking at? And I, I have a feeling I know who made it. Oh gosh. Um, because I, I do know know some folks uh part of the supporters group. But have you have you seen this? <laughs> no wait, I had to I had to read it. <laughs> I the, the first thing I uh see when I log on to Twitter <laughs> is a post about Tatum. And I'm like oh graphic God. design is Chicago local one thirty four's passion. For sure. That For is sure. so funny. They they make some some great stuff. Hopefully, uh, for when I edit this, put the image in future Gianna. Put the image in of all these different graphic design things. Yeah, it's pretty good, right? Oh my god, that is golden. I'm I like- wonder if she saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I... Just retweeted it, so okay. if you didn't see it, she'll see it now. I think I also retweeted it on the podcast account. I don't know, maybe, maybe not. That um, is so funny. But that's uh, 
That's pretty good. There was also one of my friends had made a when you got player of the match. Oh yeah, with the penguin. And they were messaging me during, they were messaging me and they're like, should I, should I tweet it out? And I'm like, yes, because it's so good. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I don't remember who made that, but they made Chicago win on Twitter. Yes. Yes. They sent it to me and they were like, is it okay if we post this? Yeah. Cause he's like, (laughs) do I ask the player if I should post it? Cause like, I don't want to, I don't know. I don't want them to be mad at me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, just go ahead. It was brilliant. I loved it. I was like, <laughs> I saw it, I burst out laughing. I was like, because this... Oh, this, my gosh. It, memes are great. Love memes. They really are. Yeah. Well, and people in college used to always say, like, if they saw me, they'd be like, status report. I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> gosh. And for people that don't know the reference to that, would you like to explain? Yes, so penguins in Madagascar, there is four penguins. One of them is named Kowalski, which is amazing. And he was like the the brainiac of the group. <laughs> I mean, I guess. And uh, so he always had a note a notepad of like little things to say. And they would always ask him, Kowalski, status report. So he'd give like the little status report off of his notebook. <laughs> really good. That's- Thank you. Thank you. I love nicknames like for for these different athletes and it's like what could be the funniest image that you could make for this player so we've got Goose and then we've got Kowalski with the penguin (laughs) just a bunch of animals yes I do want to ask you about the Goose nickname how did that come about um so it's really it's so simple and everyone's gonna be like uh Um, when I was younger, my dad used to call me a silly goose. And so then goose kind of stuck, but it was really only like me and my dad kind of thing. And then for club soccer one year, when we were like, I don't know, six or seven, my coach was like, everyone has to have a nickname. So like people were saying like their favorite foods, like my, one of my best friends, Cassie, her nickname was Skittles. So we always called her Skittles. Um, but then I told her my nickname was Goose, and I mean, still to this day, like, my my friends from when I was younger call me Goose, my coach from then calls me Goose, um, so it just kind of sucked. <laughs> and now we've got um, amazing memes out there with right? Who Amanda thought? on a Goose. <laughs> Fifteen years later. <laughs> I'm sure that was the vision that your dad had. (laughs) I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, Moving back to, I guess, more serious topics. I'm doing air quotes, by the way, for people that aren't watching on the YouTube. Um, (laughs) We've got a very important playoff push happening for Chicago, uh, sitting right on the line in sixth. What is the most important um, thing that the Red Stars need to do to make the playoffs with just, uh, I don't even know how many games are left. And the season ends in October. There's five games. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think, I think the one thing that we need to do for sure is, I mean, this, just the whole aspect of having a short-term memory 
Um, I mean, we had some bad losses. We've had some really good wins. So these kind of like highs and lows, the dips and the the valleys, we have to limit those as much as possible emotionally. Um, so I think it's really important that like where this Louisville game, this Louisville win that we just had was awesome. I think not lingering on that as much as, I mean, as much as everyone really wants to, because it was such a good game, but um I think not lingering on those games and not lingering on the tough losses that we've had, I think that'll help keep us emotionally stable for every game that we play because, I mean, it's such a competitive league. And, I mean, we've seen with teams that start at the very bottom, such as Orlando, who are now making a very competitive push to make it to the playoffs. Like, I think there's just no room to kind of ruminate on these little little victories and little losses. Um so I think just pushing through and keeping emotionally stable uh, throughout it all, I think that's going to be most important. Hopefully it'll kind of keep us pushing forward and not really, not not like, not that we won't get emotional about games and everything, but kind of keep us level and keep us level-headed uh, leading into every important game that we play for the rest of the season. Since, I mean, all of them are all playoff teams or contending for them at least. So um, it'll be important for us. And what are your thoughts on um, the whole, I guess, I want to, I don't want to say situation, defender loss. Um, The, the amount of defenders is just dwindling uh, due to injuries. Um, How have you all, uh, I I don't know, I want to say plan, like, what steps do you all take to make sure that you're staying healthy, you're able to, like, stay focused on, you know, the task ahead of you, whether it's, like, training or a game? Because for people that don't know, the Red Stars have a lot of people out. Um, and by a lot, I think it's eight. That's a big number. That's a lot of people. Um, so how do you stay focused and and um, just what are your thoughts on the amount of defenders that are on the Red Stars roster. Yeah, I think, I mean, not that defenders are usually ones that get hurt, but I think just with the job title and job description that defenders have, we're kind of put into positions where injuries are more likely going to happen. Um, So I think that mindset automatically kind of not like sets us up where we're coping with it, but, um, it kind of lets us prepare better. Um, so, I mean, in order to prepare for games, um, a lot of times for practicing, um, it's very difficult to, I don't want to say go 100% in practice, but um, it's very difficult in those practice situations for us to completely um, sell out on plays and things like that, just because we have to be wary of injuries. And I mean, those things happen. Um, so it's, it's a little, it's a little difficult um, mentally trying to also contend for starting spots and, and try and push yourself to be a better player every single practice that you have. Um, so it's a little difficult with that. Um, but I think the most important thing that our defenders have been doing is just kind of like the next play mentality. Like, it it has been very upsetting for all of us when someone goes down 
And especially like, I mean, the players that we've had go down and the players that we have out right now because of pregnancy or whatever reason. Um, I think that adversity is part of the game. And I think that's something we've seen kind of growing up regardless. So, I mean, not the amount that we have this season, but um, just making sure that we listen to our bodies. Um, If you have a small little tight muscle in your quad or you have like a little injury that you're kind of dealing with, just being smart in practice and not necessarily pushing it because there's really no need. I mean, practice is a place to get better. um, But if you're not going to benefit yourself by continually pushing through things, it's better for the team to have you be a hundred percent for games rather than 80%, 70%, especially with the players that we're playing against. So I think that's most important, just listening to your bodies and making sure that you recover, go through um, maintenance liftings, make sure we're rolling out, um, seeing treatment. Um, but yeah. One thing uh, I just started a job as a, uh team manager for the women's soccer team here in Nebraska. And the one thing that I hear at the end of practice is make sure you cool down because that's so important. Every little bit of training, uh, whether it is the lifting or, you know, actual like working on plays or the cool down, um, it all comes together at the end to prepare you for what you got to do, which is an actual game, 90 minutes plus of running. Um, So yeah, listening to your body. Yeah. yeah, you should Bye. do that. <laughs> People should do 100%. that. 100%. <laughs> I want to ask you about, um, I guess, the possible Iron Woman of the Year, Zoe Morse, what it's like uh, playing with her. She's played every minute of every game so far this season. Uh, fingers crossed that that still happens because that would be uh, freaking amazing to see. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about, you know, the people that you're with on the back line and just what that's been like for you? Yeah, it's been it's been a big adjustment coming from college to now professional. Um, the level plays much higher. Um, and I think Zoe Morse is kind of the epitome of like what every player should strive to be like. Um, Zoe is like. I mean, she's unbelievable. I mean, from going from, like, where she was at last season, where she wasn't really playing, wasn't getting a lot of games, to stepping in and being such, like, an impact player on the back line, I think that's just – every player should strive to be like her. She's she's such a good teammate. She's the most positive person on the field. She's most receptive to feedback. Um, she's the most communicate communicative player on the field. Like, she's – it's very cool getting to play with – a player like Zoe because she's everything you'd want to be on the field. She's very sharp. Like the movements she makes, she's always wanting to get better. Um, so I think that coming from someone who is essentially playing a, not a rookie year, but I mean, her first year of like really getting to show what she can do and she's playing like this. I mean, it's hard to even think about the back line without her. Um, and then, I mean, even, like, playing with Tatum, too. Like, I played with Tatum growing up. She was on my club team. So, like, getting to play with her again, too, is awesome, too. And then also, I mean, backfooting to Gilly, too. Like, 
not that I necessarily get to play with Gilly as much as I would like to, um, because Gilly's usually in that right center back position, but Gilly is like, she's uh, an, an incredible leader on the field and off. She's always giving me tips on different plays where maybe I messed up here. Maybe I messed up here. This is what you could have done differently. This is what I would do. And it's just that mutual respect between teammates to make each other better because it doesn't hurt anybody to be positive and give feedback because it ultimately helps the team. Um, So getting to play with players like that is just, it's been an unbelievable experience. And I think that has kind of, I mean, the fact that our back line is so young like that, I mean, the fact that these players have been able to do this is just kind of just showing the impact that the veteran players have had on us too. Cause it's, it's not like, we went into the game, learned a bunch, and then changed. It's It's been consistent where these players have gone in and have been solid just because of the things that they've learned from the veteran players and the little tips that they give you. So I think that's – it's it's really cool. And Zoe deserves the Iron Woman. I mean, my gosh, she <laughs> she's amazing. One thing that I uh, I keep mentioning – on my personal social media, not on the podcast one, because I don't want people to think I'm too biased, although I incredibly am, by the way. Like, I tweet about the Red Stars constantly, and I'm like, this Red Star squad is so underrated. Because people in the beginning of the season were like, they're not going to do well. And I will say... Not proud of it, by the way, (laughs) as someone that does watch the Red Stars (laughs) constantly, that I thought it was going to be bad because, you know, you got a new head coach. You've got, um, I guess, not a lot of changes roster-wise besides the addition of, like, the many rookies that are on this squad. Um, And then a few games then I felt very confident about the squad and, you know, watching, I've I've tried my best to watch the games, Um, but watching what I've seen, it's been, I'll give you a thumbs up. Yeah. Two thumbs up. I'm I'm holding my water bottle. I'll do the two, two two (laughs) thumbs up. Uh, um, But with these last five games, is there an opponent you think it would be super important to beat? Ooh, that's a tough one. Cause I mean, we'll be playing against teams that are, Oh, I don't know. I don't know that I can pick one. I think the most important one is the next one, which is all rain. Cause I think coming off of such a big win and I mean, they just had an incredible win. Um, I think that will be the most telling in how the rest of our season's going to go, how we can react to losing four to zero to then winning four to zero. Like how can we take those two learning experiences and take it into the next game after we've had a week off a week to rest and kind of figure out where we're going to be for the rest of the season. But I think if we show any sort of, um, fight like we did in the Louisville game, I think we'll be fine. But I think 
we just need to emotionally make sure that we're there for every single game leading up to postseason. I just pulled up the standings. Um, I don't know. This will probably be the same by the time this comes out. There's not any games until, what, the end of the week? Oh, so it probably will be different. It will be different. I lied. It will be different. Um, San Diego got 31 points. Houston and Kansas City, 29. Portland, 28. OL, 27. Chicago's got 26. And then Angel City is 25. Orlando, 21. North Carolina, 16. Yeah. So for people that are paying attention to the playoff race, there's some numbers for you. They're going to change, obviously, um, because that will be outdated by Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've seen on on the Twitter that the Angel City game, the final game of the season, could be a play-in game. So yeah. that also adds a little pressure. Yeah. Um, any Any more thoughts on, you know, the final playoff push, anything um, that you would like to just put out there for that? Yeah. Um, honestly, I just think I, I don't want to get – not that I don't want to get too far ahead of myself mm-hmm. by thinking about that, but, like, because that is a possibility where we're neck and neck with Angel City and whoever wins gets to go to the playoffs. Like, I think that is a very real reality that we could have. Um, but I think if we take care of business in the next leading up games, I think, I mean, if we beat, let me think, I think almost every team that we play against besides Angel City is ranked above us right now. So I think that's something that we have to take into account too, because like all these teams have had such solid seasons just like us. So I think beating a majority of the teams that we'll play against at the end of the season, I think that'll be, that'll be most important because that'll keep us above Angel City. And the final, the final games of the season for anybody that's curious, got OL in Chicago on September 9th, Chicago and Kansas City on September 14th, Chicago, Houston, September 17th, Portland, Chicago, September 25th, and then the final game, Chicago, Angel City on October 2nd. Yep. So. Very important stretch of games. Very important. (laughs) Uh, Some might say super (laughs) important. Well, I think that's a good segue to fan questions. I'm really good at segues. Um. (laughs) You should have. You should have seen when when Tatum and I were talking. We would like have this whole conversation about one thing, and then I'll be like, "Okay, we gotta talk about something else." I'll be like, "I'm terrible at segue, so we're gonna move on." So that's what I'm doing here <laughs> today too. Um, let's see here. We're gonna do some fan questions. There aren't a ton, but there's a good amount. All right. Um. So. The first one is, why is 31 your kit number? Ah, good question. Um, So it's kind of a cute story. My parents met on March 31st. And so 31 has kind of been my dad's good luck number. Um, So my older brother was number 31. I was 31 kind of growing up. 
And then I don't know that my younger brother was ever 31, but, um, so that, that was kind of like the reasoning why 31 was the number, just cause my number in college and like club was number five. And then obviously Rachel Hill's number five. So I had to kind of come up with another number and I was like, Oh, 31, obviously, because I had kid, I had pictures of me as a kid where I was wearing number 31 and I was like, I have to. So it was just a good luck number. I felt good about it. So I stuck with it. <laughs> That's a nice little story about that. And that question was from Red Stars Report on Twitter. And there's another one from Red Stars Report. So just your thoughts on playing with maybe the best, well, we're going to say the best goalie in the oh. United States, Alyssa Nair. She is. She is the best goalie. I honestly, I was really nervous about playing with her just because, I mean, I've watched her for years. Um, and I always thought, like, she's very, like, businessy, like, very straight. Like, she never really, like, her facial like expressions they never really stray she's very like serious and I'm like oh my god I'm terrified like she's gonna be like so judgmental she's gonna be like super professional like she's gonna yell at me for every little thing whatever she's like oh my gosh she's amazing she whereas a lot of goalies like they feel the need to like talk constantly give you information which is good she is very quick with it She's always like, all right, two steps left, two steps right, step up higher, or like just little quick information. And she never, regardless of the scoreline, she never strays from her tone of voice. She's never angry. She's never happy. <laughs> uh, but it's very professional. It's very easy. Like you don't take any emotion from the thing she's saying. You just know she's saying it because she thinks that's what you should do. So it's very easy. It's very I mean, it's, it's super easy to listen to and it, it's very, it's a very appreciative thing that I have about her just cause I've played with all different kinds of goalies and by far she's, I mean, she's unbelievable and just, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you see it, everyone sees it, how good she is. And, um, but I think that aspect, a lot of people don't really get to experience and I think that's one of the best parts about her is just like her communication skills and oh my gosh she's awesome <laughs> all right of course like a listener you know I just that's all you, that's all you gotta say a listener that's it. next <laughs> uh let's see gotta go to my bookmarks let's see can you name the Amanda Kowalski super fan group? And this is from Eddie Kristen on Twitter. Oh, gosh. What a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I was at a, um, so I've been doing wedding planning. And I, right before this, I actually had to go to a taste testing. And I, my parents were talking about it. Like, we were talking about the podcast and everything. And my mom's like, you know, they're probably going to ask you fan questions. And I was like, okay. And I did tweet it out, by the way. I yeah. Ju I'd just like to say, not probably. I definitely will. If I, if I get them, yeah. of course. Well, and my mom, my mom, uh, she pulled up that one and she's like, what would the fan group be called? And I literally, I was like, I don't, I don't know. I was thinking, I'm like, you could be the Goslings. <laughs> 
Or like the squawkers. I don't know. I have no good name for that. Well, whatever you say, whatever you you just said, will now be on fan posters probably. So. Oh my gosh, this is such a big decision. I guess they'll have to pick which one I like. I'll do a poll. I'll do a poll on Twitter and be like, okay, when are we naming this? I love it. Yeah. People people answer the polls on Twitter, by the way. So there will be probably heated conversation. All right. About it. (laughs) Um, Did you by chance see the questions that Chicago Local 134 had asked? No. No. Okay. Um, What's the best goose species? Oh. Well, I mean, I don't even know any others besides the Canada goose. And yeah, I was going to say, I don't... I would say, I would say the Canada goose just because Canadian people are so nice. So I would, I would like to say Canadian geese, but then everybody is like, ew, like, they're so mean. They hiss at me, blah, blah, blah. They are mean. I know. Ah. I, I mean, I have to go Canada goose. Okay. <laughs> the second question in this... Oh, gosh. Does she prefer the OG She-Ra or the DreamWorks refresh? I don't know what that question is, but it's there, so I'm going to ask it. I don't know what they're talking about. Okay, if you're asking whether I like (laughs) the DreamWorks guy who fishes off of the the moon, I'm going to say that's my favorite. I don't know what the She-Ra thing is. I don't know. I don't know. Is it I'm because be I'm too young? I don't I don't know what it is. I I, I probably know who tweeted this. And I'm gonna be like, well, what is this question? Yeah, let me know and you can tweet at me and I'll okay. I'll answer it then. <laughs> I don't this know. This last one is kind of funny. <laughs> oh gosh. It says, How many poonchies do you have to have to be able to eat eat in one sitting to be a bona fide Kowalski? Who see that's funny because we actually celebrated Punchki Day growing up. So, see, but the thing is, I also, on top of my nickname being Goose, I eat like a bird. So, <laughs> for me, it'd be two. <laughs> Max, I don't think I could eat more than that. Um, but, oh my gosh, I love Punchkis. They're so good. They are pretty spectacular. I always, every time I'm at the grocery store with my mom, because I'll usually be like, you gotta, you see the thing over there? You gotta put it in the cart. You gotta, you gotta do it. Um, I don't know. I, growing up, I would call them Paxis, because what else? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like yeah. seven. You're yeah. like, what is, what is a word that you don't yeah. know? How do you say it? Yeah, the C with the little squiggle yeah. up the I don't know. I know how to say it now. So when I when I talk to my family, I'll be like, so when are we getting the Paxis? <laughs> That's my question. When are we going to get those? But since oh, I'm well. a professional interviewer on my very professional show, I said it correctly. I love it. <laughs> Just but today. Don't from who you are. <laughs> Yeah, so all the way. Yes. Um, what's your favorite kind of I'm gonna say poonchki, I'm gonna say it right this time. Okay. Ooh. See, I like the lemon ones, but I've never had those actually. Oh my 
I just like the fruit filled ones. Those ones, because they remind me of jelly donuts. Yes. Um, so I really like the fruit filled ones. I've not had, I think raspberry, raspberry and lemon are my two favorites. I'm I like raspberry. Say. Yeah. I was going to say more fruity, but the lemon's good because it's like, you ever had like a lemon bar? I have. Okay. So it tastes like, like the lemon of that inside of it. I probably want like kind it. of like a custardy type deal. Oh, so good. I think it's gross. My uncle likes lemon stuff and I'm like, mm, oh, no, I no, thank you. <laughs> but I'll agree with you on the raspberry ones. Okay. Or the we'll apple cool. ones. The apple ones are good. Yeah. Is there any particular like local place that you'll go to to get some? There was. There was one. Um, I don't remember the name of it, but um, it, there was this local bakery. It's closed down now, but that's where we used to go to. Um, it's in a, like a, I think there's a neighborhood nearby me that's very Polish populated, like almost like an apartment complex. Um, so there were a lot of like little Polish um, bakeries, restaurants, little things. Um, so that's where we would go. But my dad, so he works for a retirement community and he had a lot of Polish people who um, were like from Poland who came to the U.S. So they like knew all the good places and they would give them to my dad. So we, we were constantly as much as I'm not, (laughs) I don't really, I don't know Polish. I don't know anything, but um, my great grandparents are straight from Poland. So we try and embrace as much Polish uh cuisine as we can so yes i i feel that like i my family is very italian okay um so i think i think i'm like fifth generation okay i think my great great grandparents came here so we we try to do as much italian stuff as we can but i don't i don't know italian yeah, it's like hard to know because like yeah. we're not surrounded by it so like my my grandma's mom was the one that stopped teaching italian okay. like passing it down and i'm like i'm mad i was telling my i was telling my family i was like you know i'm kind of mad at that like we <laughs> could have been raised bilingual oh yeah we'd be like 10 percent smarter than we okay. already are well, um, I tried have. learning it. I just like sure. gave up. I was gonna say I'm sure it's so hard. Conjugation. I am a hater. <laughs> of conjugation. That's that's what really got me out of Spanish. I learned Spanish. I took it for like six years. The conjugation sucks. Oh my gosh, that was the end of it. <laughs> yeah, I I took French for three years, and it was oh, it was not fun. <laughs> And now I gotta take a language here. I'm taking Spanish. Ah, okay. I can't, cause if, my school is weird. You, if you have already taken a language in school and you wanna like continue to do that one, you have to take three classes. If you wanna take a new language, you only have to take two. Oh. Why? <laughs> Why? I mean, I, I guess it makes sense cause then you would spend more time because it's a new language. You would you would need more time to learn it. <laughs> it just like I 
I regret so much not finishing four years of French because now I gotta waste time doing it here. <laughs> Just like I, I, I'll complain about school anytime I get on the show. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Cause like being in school is pain in my side. I, I know. I was in college for almost six years, so. That must have been a lot of fun for you. Dude, I, I'm not a school person. <laughs> yeah, it's. God, and Butler's such a smart school too, so it was, it was difficult. Everyone's like in the PA program and trying to be a pharmacist. So I'm like, yeah. Oh, I'm in, I'm in marketing. <laughs> I was, I was at uh, College of DuPage for two years, so I, like, okay. just got my associates, and I'd be, like, sitting at my computer, and I'd be like, is this worth it like, <laughs> to do all this stuff? Like, are you serious? <laughs> like, why? Just my whole question is, like, why? Like, why yeah. do I... What am I going to do with this? <laughs> exactly. It's like, what? 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 <laughs> I know. Um, uh, <laughs> I was telling my mom before I... I um, when I was leaving class, I was like, you know, if I do drop out of Nebraska, I already have a college degree, so it's okay. True. And she goes, you're not dropping out of school. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I tried. Yeah, you you planted the seed now. It's like I moved to Nebraska from Illinois. Eight hours of driving. Oh. I've been to Indianapolis. What an easy little drive. Oh, Lincoln, yeah. Nebraska. <laughs> Mm-mm. I was like sitting scrunched because the whole car was filled with all of my oh, stuff. God. And I'm like, okay, so I'm sitting here for eight hours and I'm all scrunched up and I got no room. I didn't have leg room. I didn't have arm room. And then once you go through that entire drive, now, now that you're finally there, now you have to spend all that time moving the crap out of your car. <laughs> yeah, that took forever. That took like... I want to say, like, an hour and a half. Oh, like, yeah. all the decorations up, I did, like, after my first day. But all, oh, yeah. all the stuff took forever. Hang up my clothes, fold my clothes up, put stuff on my desk, making sure none of my amazing podcast equipment got damaged. Yeah, that's, like, in the seat next to you, buckled in. <laughs> yeah. I don't even, actually, I don't even know where it was. <laughs> well, it works. Okay. It works, by the way, if anyone was curious. It works. Everything is fine. My lighting is fine. My microphone is fine. Although my mouse has been acting up a little bit. Mm. This oh, little dinky thing. <laughs> acting up. Um, since we were just talking about, like, road trips, although I wouldn't call a drive to Nebraska a road trip, I would call it... I don't even know what I would call a boring trip, if anything. Um, my favorite thing to ask people from our area is, you know those signs, those signs on the highways when you're, like, driving to different states? Um, it, do you know the signs that I'm talking about? And just, I think so. Do I have to, because I don't want to, how do I word this? It's got, like, a phone number on it, and it's, like, 888 hope or whatever like those oh, signs yeah <laughs> do you have a favorite version of one of those signs because um, i have some favorites i mean i always pass this one 
not to get like religious, but yeah. the one that I pass going to school all the time, it would say, it would say Jesus is real, and then on yes, the side, it yes, would say, that's my hell is real, and I'm like, <laughs> that's my favorite. Oh, okay, <laughs> good to that's know. Well, I'm on my drive. <laughs> Let me just ponder our existence. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll see those signs and I'll be like, so people they went to the middle of nowhere. And they're like, you know what? We're going to put a Jesus billboard up. Yeah. And hopefully, while someone's driving, they'll be like, oh, I got to call them. Let me get my phone yeah. out of my back right. pocket. Right. Perhaps. I'm like, okay. <laughs> while, I'm, while I'm passing all the cornfields, now I'm like, oh, right. Forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> passing all the cornfields. It reminds, me, it reminds me of back home, five minutes away from a cornfield. Like, wherever you go, even in the burbs, it's like Plainfield. I'm five minutes from Plainfield. Well, not anymore. But I I was five minutes from Plainfield. There's corn. Yeah, it's true. Have you seen, have you seen the corn video at all? The corn, oh, the corn kid? I love the corn kid. I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand the hype. I also, I don't know how to mean. I guess that would be an, an important um, thing. So, like, I, I feel like such an old person, you know, when all these trends happen. Right. Like when Vine was a thing, oh, I was so into it. With oh. TikTok now, forget it. See, that's how I was. When 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 Vine shut down and then TikTok was coming to be, I'm like, I refuse. I'm protesting. I'm not yeah. downloading it. And then it got to the point where I was like, oh, I can't I can't avoid it any longer. So then I, I downloaded it. <laughs> and now it's a problem in my life. I watch it way too much. Yes. But I think that's probably why I like the corn kid because that's like every video on my thing. And now they've made ones where they like they turn the corn and the corn kid into a song. And now people make dog videos with it. It's so cute. They're like, it's corn. But with the corn, they have like the dog's name. Mm-hmm. And, oh my gosh. I'm obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> the my school, my university, the University of uh, Nebraska Lincoln paid this kid on Cameo to make a video for like, you know, wishing the Huskers good luck for the start of the athletic season or something. And I'm like, wow. well, that was a good idea. Number one. Uh, but number two. Why? <laughs> I was like, you're wasting. Okay. Like they're, I wouldn't say wasting. They're they're paying this kid. Like that's yeah. cool. They're wasting like the money I am paying this school to go to some kid that got famous for singing a, or talking about corn. Corn. <laughs> that's actually really true. I didn't think about that. Because oh I'm just like, gosh. why are we doing this? It's it's really funny how that happens. Like Chipotle literally just made a commercial. Or like an advertisement and like the corn kid goes through the line and he's like, no, no beans, no meat. And then they're like, any sour cream, whatever. And then they're like, do you want any corn? He's like, it's corn. <laughs> I'm like, I have That's not stupid, seen that. It's so dumb, but it's like little things like that. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand how this, how this happened. How did we get, how did we get here? <laughs> the internet. Yeah. It is the internet's fault. It is. Blame, blame the internet. Blame the algorithm, whatever that means. Yeah. Algorithm sucks. <laughs> I don't know anything about it, so if I, yeah. I'm just gonna be like, you know what? Algorithm, guess what? I hate your guts! And then move on. <laughs> <laughs> what are they gonna do about it? 
not show my YouTube video to people. <laughs> That's gonna happen. That's true. They'll change other people's algorithms. <laughs> the algorithm. What? What? I don't even know what that is. I'll I'll learn about it one day in school if I ever pay attention in class. Yes. I I do pay attention in class for family that's listening, by the way. I definitely do. 100%. I'm never on my phone texting or on Twitter or doing other homework. You're a student. I'm I'm a great student. I just, I had to, I had to put it out there um, because they will listen and they will ask questions. (laughs) What am I paying for? <laughs> they'll be like, they'll like give me critiques too. So one of the questions I like to ask during the lightning round, which I guess will be next after this, um, I'll ask local people like White Sox or Cubs. And they're like, don't, don't ask, don't ask the question. And I'm like, why? Because, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with your show. Guess what? It's my show. Yeah, true. You made the show. You made what it's about. <laughs> So my question for you, White Sox or Cubs? My parents are going to crucify me for this, but um, I would say Cubs, even though I grew up a White Sox fan. (laughs) You see the thing hanging up in the back? I do. See, I'm I'm what they call a Fairweather fan. Um, Interesting. So I was a Sox fan growing up. And then when I met my fiance, I became a Cubs fan because he's mm. Cubs. <laughs> mm. Yes. I'm not I'm that person. <laughs> mm. Okay. Uh-huh. That's fine. Yeah. Um Okay. <laughs> Don't hold it against me. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you political um, reasons I'm a Cubs fan. Yeah. <laughs> so when I asked two other red stars this question. Tatum said the White Sox. Yeah. said the Cubs. And I'm like, uh-huh. Girl, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> and she's like, well, I only went to one baseball game before and it was a Cubs game. So I'm going to say the Cubs. Uh-huh. And yeah. then she said, um, or I told her, I was like, may I suggest the Chicago White Sox? <laughs> and I was like, you know, they really stink this year, but that's okay. You, you know, maybe you can go to a game next season. Um, and Bianca, being the very funny person that she is, she's like, well, that's what you guys always say. And I'm like, you know what? That is enough. Like, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> We've taken it too far. <laughs> We've taken it too far. Um, I think it's been an even split of, like, White Sox, Cubs fans yeah. on the show. But I always have to ask. Because it's a truly important question, and that's the kind of journalism happening here on Women's Sports Matter. Indeed. Now we're going to move on to the lightning round. Okay. You don't have to answer fast. That's also another complaint they have. Oh, okay. And I always, <laughs> I always like throwing this out there every time because they're like, Gianna, they don't answer fast enough. And I'm like, I don't care. And I'm not going <laughs> to yell at them to be like, hurry up. Come on, come on. Three seconds. Bianca told me that she's like, I'm going to be the fastest person to answer all these questions. And she was not. (laughs) No. No. I will, I will try and be fast. 
just for for the fans' sake. I'll okay. try to answer as fast as I can. Well, you don't have to. <laughs> for the most part, I'll try. Maybe I like to to piss off my family. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Rebel. The, the first question I have for you is: If you're reading a book or listening to an audiobook, is there any thing that you would like to recommend to the listeners of this show? Ooh, see, it's a hot take because I'm not a big reader. <laughs> um, I do like true crime podcasts, so. For all those people who like listening to murders, <laughs> I listen to Unsolved Murders and Solved Murders on Spotify. Okay. I am not into true crime. Um, I also don't listen to other podcasts. I probably should, okay. but I don't. Yeah. I listen to Bright and Me, though. I'll give them a shout out. The only okay. podcast I ever listen to because all they're right. goofballs. <laughs> They, they are, they're, they're goofballs. Anyway, moving on. I want to ask you about the experience of playing at Soldier Field. Like, first of all, that crowd. I know. Pretty cool, right? It was so cool. It was so cool. Yeah, I, um, it's funny because as as a Bears fan, I love Soldier Field, but I had only been like, like, I think I've only been twice. I went to one Bears game. And then before that I went to for, um, it was like the women's world cup in while I was in high school. And they did like a, they did like a showing of it in Soldier Field and like so I went for that and we got to like watch them play on on the big screen in Soldier Field. So that was the other reason why I went. But being in there with like all those fans and getting to like know that they're there to watch us play, that was so cool. And just knowing that like all those fans are like they took the time out of their day to like go and watch I mean obviously every single game there's fans that take time out of their day and go to their games whatever but Soldier Field was like a whole other whole other ball game that was that was surreal as someone that attended the game also as someone that worked the prior game first of all it was so hot out oh my gosh I I fun fact of the day for people that are listening on here I worked for the fire selling 50 50 tickets walking up and down the stairs i got my steps in for sure and i didn't get sunburned to my surprise um so walking around the stands and and seeing like a bunch of people in red stars gear even like i think my favorite part about working at soldier field like before the soldier field game uh for the red stars was seeing all these different people in red stars gear they're not wearing Chicago Fire gear. They're wearing Red Stars right. gear. Yeah. And that is so, so cool. Yeah. We always thought, like, when we had this game on the schedule, we were like, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people not bagging on the Chicago Fire at all, because I love the Chicago Fire. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people showed up later in the Chicago Fire game to then stay for the Red Stars game. 
just because like I mean women's sports are up and coming and it's awesome getting to watch it unfold and like I mean the soldier field experience was a whole I mean it just backed it all up that people will watch women's sports and are going to and it's just going to keep growing yes I when I was working I saw a bunch of people coming in like after halftime and I was like oh it's getting pretty serious oh yeah seeing the red stars gear is always like and like older merch too I was like I didn't even know that existed and they're walking around like I want that I know I know my my fiance's aunt just bought like two cool crew neck hoodies I'd never seen before she's like oh I found it off this like little website I'm like oh my gosh I'm like I'm gonna start like deep diving trying to find stuff (laughs) you gotta be like share the link yeah (laughs) like I want I want it or like Christmas gift right exactly you're like the team got it for me (laughs) here you go (laughs) my next question for you is if you could play with someone that has been a retired we'll say retired for at least five years um who would that player be and why oh that's a good question um I would say well so there was this movie that came out when I was younger um it was called dare to dream and it was all about um the women's national team with like Mia Hamm Brandy Chastain Michelle Akers all those players I would say Michelle Akers because she's a badass and she plays like one too. And I have always like Mia Hamm is like, I'm, I mean, obviously big fan. Um, but I think Michelle Akers is kind of like one of those players where like, she wasn't a Mia Hamm. She wasn't a Brandy Chastain where like her name was everywhere. Like, I think she was one of those hardworking players. And I mean, I always just kind of looked up, to how like her play style was she was kind of gritty and was just all around like a reliable player so I would say Michelle Akers (laughs) final answer that's not an answer you hear all too often I know that's I have to pick someone different yes all right you talked about this earlier you're gonna get married what has been the easiest part about wedding planning and what has been the hardest oh see I'm early in it so I I feel like later in the game I'll hit some of those hard parts but I think one of the nicest parts about it is so with with picking your your venue you also pick the wedding planner too so I think that's big with wedding planning and been one of the easiest parts is you can kind of quickly decide whether you want to pick a place or not because the people that you work with, you want to pick someone who you get along with, who will help you out, whatever. So that's been one of the easiest parts. I think the hardest part is picking a date. I haven't picked a date yet. (laughs) And I need to do that because I'm trying to get married by next winter, but we don't, we don't obviously get our schedule. So I, I don't know. I don't know when, and it's stressing me out. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Yeah. That's, that might be one of the toughest things is the day. Are you uh, doing the outside, inside, you know, like where you're Ooh. doing it? 
Um, so it'll be inside because I'm doing it out of season, so winter, so it'll be cold. And I'm doing it in Chicago, so it'll also be cold. <laughs> very cold. Very, very cold. Too cold. Yeah. So I'm hoping that if I do it more towards November, it won't be as bad. Um, but it's looking like it'll be more towards December just because, I mean, with COVID in past years, it's delayed the championship game by weeks. And I don't want to have to reschedule a wedding because I put it a week after our season was supposed to end. And then there was a game. I, You never know. So I, I think I got to do December and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> But I'll settle for it because it's just, it's just one night. <laughs> just, just one. It's just a party, okay? <laughs> that is a great way to label it. <laughs> just a party. Just um, a party. <clears throat> going to weddings is fun. I've only been to a few of them. Yeah. But I haven't been to one as, let's say, adult. Like a little kid. Agreed. One of my favorite memories from a wedding is my sister being herself um she's a dramatic person that's not the nicest way to talk about my sister um she was a flower girl for a wedding back in the day okay (laughs) using using the phrase again and oh boy did she try and steal the show (laughs) um so when you pick out a flower girl (laughs) <laughs> you gotta find someone that's gonna steal the show from you. That's that's what you gotta do. I yeah, I think I already have picked out my flower girl. She's my baby cousin. Um I haven't told her yet, but um it's funny because her mom, so my baby cousin, who I want to be the flower girl, her mom, I was the flower girl for her wedding. And I learned the hard way that when you're a flower girl, you have to delicately use the flowers because I was (laughs) I used a ton in the beginning and then I had like three petals for like the last half of the runway and I had to like do one (laughs) so that was one thing I learned from being a flower girl was (laughs) be frugal with the amount of (laughs) petals that you use in the beginning they should give you like two baskets that way you can just that's what I think you need more more flowers. More flowers. Although probably not for me. Get me sneezing the entire, entire time. <laughs> the pollen? I've got allergies. I've learned recently. Okay. Not a fan of that. This oh, this okay. state has taught me so much already. Nebraska. I'm just speechless at that point. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. Nebraska is quite the place to be. Uh, I don't know that I've ever been to Nebraska. Their slogan is, there's no place like Nebraska, and oh boy, are they right. (laughs) Actually, I lied. I've been to Omaha, which I think is in Nebraska. If I'm right, yeah. Okay. It's, (laughs) It's like on the border. Not on the border. It's like 15 minutes away from the Iowa... Nebraska border. Um, I don't recommend. Yeah. I just miss, like, I just miss Chicago and, like, Naperville and everything. 
but there's a bunch of stuff to do. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even do that much. Well, that's a lie. <laughs> I miss my job. I think that's probably the the biggest thing. I miss the White Sox, the one White Sox game that I went to. No, I went to two. <laughs> um, but let's see. Final lightning round question. If you were to host a true crime podcast, Ooh. is there any, what would your first episode be about? Is there like any particular case that you're interested in doing like a deep dive on? Ooh, how morbid. <laughs> um, so I would probably pick the John Wayne Gacy. Just that whole story. Cause I, I just recently watched the, the Netflix docuseries on it. He's from Desplaines, which is where my dad's from and where I was born. So I just think that that hits close to home. So I think that would be a good intro into my podcasting career of true crime. <laughs> Alrighty then. <laughs> Well, I think you would do very well on a on a podcast because this was this was a very fun time. It really was. <laughs> All right. We're at the end of the episode. Before we do like where you are at on social and all that jazz. Is there anyone you'd like to shout out? Ooh. Um Oh man. Well, my dad already told me that I needed to shout him out. So shout out, dad. <laughs> shout out, mom. Shout out, Zach. My fiance who's in the other room. <laughs> um, and shout out, B, my girl. <laughs> it's my pug. <laughs> That's it. That's all. Those are, those are good. Those are my shout outs. Double thumbs up. <laughs> Three of those. Now you gotta text your family and be like, "Hey, guess what I did? I did exactly what you what you asked. I gave you the shout out on the Women's Working Matter podcast. You're welcome." Yep, that's that's what I'm here for for their their glory. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where can the people listening to this episode find you on social media? Um, so on Instagram, it is Amanda Please Five. On Twitter, it is. A Kowalski 05, I think. You think? You uh, don't know? You don't know your own handle? Let's see, let's see what the handle is. Quick Maybe little. A Kowalski underscore 05 or something like that. That's correct. Nice. Good, good job. Um. <laughs> All right, and where can people ten years? Where can people watch the Red Stars? Ooh, Paramount Plus on Twitch. Hopefully, some CBS games. We'll yes. see. Um, yeah. And my favorite station in the entire world, the U, which I don't have wow. out here in Nebraska. <laughs> oh, sad. But <laughs> I, I, I have Paramount Plus, so it's okay. All right. We'll make so it I, I, I sit here and I watch games and I don't do my homework. <laughs> so, hey, at least you why. 
but at least I, uh, but at least I, I find the time to do that. Although I, I do my homework later at 12 a.m. <laughs> Good. Good. Anyway, the most productive hour. Yeah. I was folding laundry last night at like 1230. So Good. very productive. <laughs> um, but now it's time for my least favorite part of the episode is where I do my ending spiel. Uh-huh. It's terrible. It's the worst. Anyway. I'm going to do it right now. If you want to follow me on social media, guess what? You can. I am on four different platforms on Twitter. It is W, what is it? W Sports Matter. I was like, I was almost going to say my old one. I'm like, no, Gianna, you did the rebrand like two months ago. Get it together. This is what Nebraska has done to me. (laughs) If you want to follow me on social media, guess what? You can. I am on four different platforms on Twitter. You can follow me at W Sports Matter. And on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, it is Women's Sports Matter. See, it's so easy because it's the name of the show. Just type it in. You're you're welcome. If you want to see this episode and more, like if you want to watch it, there's a thing called YouTube.com. You go to YouTube.com. You type in Women's Sports Matter. Boom. You just found my YouTube channel. Congratulations. You can hit the subscribe button and you can watch all the videos that are on the page. I don't know how long they would take. Um, probably, probably a month. Mm, that's, that's too kind. Maybe a year. It'll take a year to, to watch all of that. Um, but make sure you subscribe. We're 25 subscribers strong. Moving on to the next topic. There's a bunch of resources linked down below if you want to register to vote, if you want to find a COVID vaccine, if you want to learn more about various player associations in women's sports leagues, they're all linked down below. If you live out of state and you're going to college like I am, and you're like, oh, I want to vote in the next election, go to your county's website and get an application to vote by mail, which is what I did because I'm a smart college student. Possibly. I'm possibly a smart college student. Um, Let's see what else is there. Make sure you watch the rest of the NWSL season because, oh boy, things are heating up. Um, And if you want to follow what's going on with that, make sure you've got Paramount Plus. Watch it on Twitch. You can follow the podcast on Twitter because I tweet about it constantly because I have so much free time, of course. Let's see what else. Ooh, breaking news. More than 5% is dropping in September. Want to learn more? Go to more than 5% on Twitter and Instagram. And if you don't know what more than 5% is, shame on you. You're a fake Women's Sports Matter fan. Um, But Carly and Zoe are going to launch their show on, I think it's September 29th. So to learn more about that, go to their Twitter or Facebook It's going to be really, really cool. Make sure you're subscribed to Don't Touch My Jersey, which is a fantastic show, a part of, of course, the Women's Sports Matter Podcast Network. That's going to be it for me. I'm going to actually go do homework. I'm going to, I have stuff to do. I'm going to do my homework like a good, responsible college student. Thank you again, Amanda, for coming on today's episode. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk all things Red Stars and more. Of course. It was a blast. <laughs> That's going to be it for me. I'm, I'm, I swear I'm going to do my homework. Um, 
Thank you again so much for listening to another episode of Women's Sports Matter. Again, my name is Gianna Castro, and I'm your host. I will see you next week with, of course, another freaking interview. Okay, that's all. See you, folks. Bye-bye.